How much of your annual budget should you spend on tech to give you the best chance of keeping the bad guys away? Good question. In this Digital Fire podcast, CEO Leslie Babel has the answer. Here's Leslie on Radio U. So this is something that, that I get asked all the time. Um, yes. Is, is the uh, people treat technology when they don't understand what it can do and the advantages it can have. And this relates to what we talked about last time and the fear around technology and um, the, uh, that it, that it's uh, not like a toaster. Yeah. <laughs> things change, but um, that the, a lot of people think of it as what is the least amount of money I can spend on this and still survive? Yes. Um, and, that is one strategy, and it's an appropriate strategy in certain situations. But like other things, it's also a very inappropriate strategy, depending on what you're trying to get to. So, so, so let's put some numbers around this. Yes. So I'd say th- there's some reports out that say between three and seven percent of your annual revenue should be spent on technology. So if you're a, uh, a one million dollar company, then. 70, 7% or 3% of that revenue should be spent on technology on an annual basis. It, it sounds very high to people generally. Yes. Um, and, and let me explain something behind that is that 7% is where you should be if technology is absolutely critical to your business. Right. If you cannot perform, you cannot do what you do, you cannot make money without technology. And that's what 7% should be. And the 7%, it includes your website cost includes your phone system, your phone lines, your long distance, your cell phones, your computers, the licensing, the uh, cost that you pay for managing the technology of yours, your IT consultant cost, your internet cost, um, all of that stuff. Anything that's related to technology is, in, is included in that. Right? So um, 7% is where you should be if you're really forward. And So imagine this. You get back to your office today and you don't have email. Right. And you don't have internet and you, your server is off and you don't have access to your files. Um, and your computer's not working. Won't turn on. How can you make money? Can you make money today? Simple example of that is, is a, a single kind of mom and pop flower shop, right? Certainly they use computers. Certainly they can't survive with no computers at all. But if the stuff is down and the internet's down and the email's down and that kind of stuff, somebody can still walk into the shop right. and, and, you know, get a bouquet of flowers and take it home, uh, for their husband or wife. So, you know, you can, you're hampered. Absolutely. Right. We need technology. That's, that's no question. But, you know, in that case, you should be spending about 3% of your annual revenue on technology, right? So get the basics, get something in there, get something fairly reliable, but you don't need the, the, the crazy Cadillac right. of stuff, right? Um, on the other hand, if you are an artificial intelligence company and you're leveraging that and you're doing software development and you're, um, you know, or, or you don't even have to be a, a tech startup or a tech company. Let's say you're in transportation. Right, where you're talking real-time updates, where what is the cost of you being down? We calculated the cost for one of our clients at $1,000 an hour for being down because uh, they had trucks driving around and there are people waiting with empty trucks all over North America with where do I go next, right? What should I do? Should I drive back from Houston to Toronto with an empty truck? That costs a whole bunch of money, yes. right? So, so what load do I pick up on the way back and tell me where to go? 
right? And I'm now, you know, driving through Texas and I need to know where to go to pick up this load. If my computers are down for an hour, I just missed a load, right? There's, there's definitely some education around that. Um, it's, it comes down to how much you've been burned before by it. Uh, if people have been burned by it and, and it's cost them a lot of money, um, then they understand. I, I wish, I want to educate people on, on the fact that you can be burned by it and, and that, that we should get out in front of this stuff. Um, usually companies don't hire us because everything's awesome. Yeah. Right? Usually <laughs> yeah. they hire us because it's been a mess. Um, so there's a couple ways to address that. One is the, uh, it, it's the downtime and the cost. Right. Right. So you can measure this and say, well, how much revenue do I bring in on a per person basis on a per day basis? Right. Right. So you take your, uh, you know, how much revenue do you make on average a month? There are 20 working days in a month. Divide your total revenue by 20. That's how much I bring in roughly each day. If I'm down for one day, half a day, one day, something like that, you can compute the numbers on that. Right. So. Uh, how valuable is that to you? And, and then where are you on that spectrum? Are you on the spectrum of, I can fully operate and I'm, you know, 90% okay, even yeah. if my technology's down? Yeah. Right? Or, or I can't operate at all. My revenue is linked to my ability to run this technology in a reliable way. Uh, transportation, legal, um, those are two big ones. Uh, medical, marketing, um, ad agencies, um, there's where, where there's a significant financial loss. Right. Uh, then we, we have this other one with not for not for profits really love us because we charge the same amount every month. Right. And and so you can budget it, you can predict it, you can. There's a whole other uh, side of that. How how much does it cost you when you're down? Right. So right. if that's how much it could cost you, does it really make sense to to go for the cheapest lowest uh thing that you can buy the cheapest thing often isn't the cheapest thing this is a lesson i've learned many times <laughs> yeah but the cheapest thing actually isn't it, it's it's not the it's not the price that you pay when you bought the thing it's the total cost of ownership every month so what's your revenue on a regular basis right roughly 20 working days in a month so divide that by 20 right that's the amount of money that you bring in that's the amount of sales you have roughly every day so if you're down for a day then that's how much it costs you, right? Because you didn't bring in that revenue. You can make some arguments that you might catch that up or, or that sort of thing, but you can do a rough calculation there oh, yeah. for you yeah. to say that, you know, there are lots of industries where they'll go to someone else, right? We have uh, f- transportation, freight brokerage, especially insurance brokerages. Um, the person needs the service right now. One of our clients has a dashboard, um, and if, if the, the, all the requests go up on the dashboard, if the dashboard, uh, after 10 minutes it goes yellow, after 15 minutes it goes flashing red, um, is that all requests need to get to, you need to get back to the customer in that amount of time, right? So if they are down for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it's definitely lost business because those people will go somewhere else because that, that stuff needs to be taken care of. If somebody gets a bounce back, I mean, if I send you an email and it comes back as a bounce back, I mean, I think you've died. Yeah. Right? Or you're out of business or you're, it's something bad has happened for sure. Right? And the, the assumption, unfortunately, goes negative. 
is, is, you know, it's that, oh, I guess, you know, Mike's not around anymore. What should I do? So there's a stat that says that companies that have experienced a serious data loss go out of business within two years. So that it goes back to what we were talking about last time, where inaction is a decision, yeah. right? Is not updating your tech and not keeping up with it, right? So this is, you should be spending this money. And if you're not spending this money, you are putting everything you've worked for at risk. Your hopes and dreams that you've put in, the blood, sweat, and tears, and all the years that you've put in as business owners. I mean, we've all worked till two in the morning on, right. on a special project and because, you know, it's worth it because you're working for yourself, right? You're, you're, you're putting all of that at risk and, and, uh, you know, ultimately that gets back to why I, uh, I got into this business is, is that, um, you know, technology is supposed to be this great thing and, uh, and it's, it, it can, can be a really great thing if it's implemented in the right way. Um, but often it's not, often it's scary and it doesn't do what it says on the box. So maybe that's a topic for another, uh, podcast. <laughs> Lots of people say, well, how many people do you have in your company? Right. Right. And, and that's a, that's a common question that we all think to ask. How many of those people are dedicated to proactively managing my technology? So I understand that when I call, somebody's going to answer the phone and, 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 you know, it's a race to how quickly you can answer the phone and what's your response time and how fast can you drive and, you know, how many people do you have? It's all reactive questions. It's all about, I have a problem. How quickly can you get me back to where I was before I had right. I would say ask the questions around what are they doing to prevent the issues, right? How many, how much of the, that, that, that IT company's payroll is dedicated to proactive work? I'm not saying somebody who does the reactive work at the end of the day, right. maybe they have five minutes of headspace left for, for, for proactive. Right. Um, because it's become a buzzword in our industry to say proactive, to really say, look, how much of your payroll on a monthly or biweekly basis when you do your payroll, how much of that is being put towards proactive? So we have three people in reactive and we have six people in proactive. So two to one ratio. Yeah. And we have admin and, and, you know, uh, consultants and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, we spend twice as much time as we do. Uh, we spend twice as much time on proactive as we do reactive. So we know that computers are logical, right? It, there's ones and zeros, and and it, it's not. It's it can get complicated, but it's really just there's rules. There's very set, rigid rules on what it does and what it doesn't do, and you just have to understand those rules. That's one of the reasons I like it so much is hmm. it, it actually is predictable. You just have to know the game. You just have to know there's a little, there's, there's a bunch of ins and outs there to know. Um, but, but if you're interested in it, you can, you can play with it and understand what those rules are and you can predict what it's going to do. So I can tell you what it's going to do because it, it's, it does the same thing every time with the same circumstances. So when you know what it's going to do, you can say, all right, well, look, when it works well, it looks like this. We have a, complex password policy. So your, your password can't be ABC123. Right. We have two-factor authentication enabled. Right. We have WPA2 Enterprise so that your wireless password for your company isn't just one Wi-Fi password that everybody knows. It's the same as your computer login. So when, unfortunately, somebody leaves the company, then they don't walk away with access to your network and where they can post that on Facebook and somebody can sit in the parking lot and take all your data and give it to your competitor. Right. 
is, is there's fairly simple things we can do to, to mitigate all that. So we can say, look, a, a company that is relatively secure, not 100%, right? Because like nobody can guarantee 100%, but a company that's more secure and fairly secure looks like this. You look like this. <laughs> and it's different. <laughs> so let's work to make it look like the good one, right? And some of that is like, hey, let's buy a new one of these things. And some of that is let's just change the policy. Some of that is let's turn on this two-factor authentication thing. Let's, so it's a process, right? It, it's not a one-time come in, you know, rip everything apart and, and there you go type of thing, right? It's an ongoing process that every time we go, it gets better and better and better and better. And we just we move the needle forward every single day, just a tiny little bit, right? And, and then you look back after a few months and you say, wow, okay, we, we have made some decent progress here. Let's talk about that in podcast number three, Leslie. How does that sound to you? Very good. Oh, Leslie, thanks. Thanks very much for having me. It's oh, great. listen. Fun times. This is, uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoy speaking with you and, and, uh, and learning from you. You're a really smart guy. Thank you very much. I like <laughs> it. This is fun. This is, <laughs> I, just, I would do this for fun if I didn't get paid. So. <laughs> well, so do I, but I got to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, podcast Cheers, number three. Everybody. Podcast number three. Uh, Leslie, I keep forgetting. What's your, uh, what's your slogan again? Fire it up. Fire it up. Talk to you soon. Cheers.